I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. All righty, gang. Welcome. We got another great podcast for you today. Your saltwater guide here, Captain Dave Hanson. And we're going to get going in just a second here. You can see Marley's up there in the back. He's all excited. He can't wait to see our guest today. He's super excited. He just hopes that Jay doesn't think that Marley's food for some of his animals. But we're going to get started here in just a second, gang. Real quick, I just want to let you know it's Akuma Wednesday. We always talk about Akuma Fish Labs products on Wednesday, and today is no different. We're going to throw up some fish lab product here in a little bit and talk about that once we get going here in the show, but it's Akuma Wednesday. And thank you very much, Akuma, for sponsoring the show on Wednesday. We really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, we'll show you a really cool product that fish labs has come out with that is going to help you to catch more bluefin when you go out bluefin fishing. But um, real quick gang, I want you to understand this is our guest today. This guy is super famous. My children grew up idolizing this man. We went to his store there in Fountain Valley. It's actually a zoo. And my kids grew up there. We helped buy Jay a lot of gas for his cars. We bought a lot of those mealworms and fed a lot of his animals. So without any further ado, let's bring him in here and talk to the man. Jay, what's happening, buddy? Thanks for being a part of the show today. This is going to be insane. I'm I'm so excited. Me too, man, because what people don't understand is you and I grew up together out on the water. We were on the same water together doing the same thing. Everybody that's watching, well, not everybody. I just didn't age as well. (laughs) (laughs) More sunscreen, more sunscreen. There you go. But what a lot of people know you from prehistoric pets, and we'll talk about prehistoric pets a little bit later on in the show. The thing that a lot of people don't understand, and my good friend Bill DePriest, owner of Pacific, my um, good, my also my good friend, Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Magazine, and also the big trade show there, the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Trade Show at the Orange County Fairgrounds every year. He was like, "You got to get Jay on the show. Jay is a fisherman first, and a reptile guy second. And then you said something before we started the show. You wish you could do, you wish you could take care of the animals as good as you fish. Well, <laughs> I not as good as care of them. Just, I'd, like to, I'd like to be as good at reptiles as I am at fishing. And I only say that not bragging about my fishing, but my fishing to me was almost like a, like I was just born a fisherman. And when I was 14, I was literally making a living at 15 commercial fishing dropped out of school when I was 16 and that's how I actually got my start in life uh, even though I was actually orphaned at 14 and then 
and uh, built my own boat at 15. So quite a bit of stuff you probably don't know. Right. No, I want to know. We want to know. We're all sitting here. So what? where did all this yeah, happen? So I, I've had an interesting life, to say the least. I mean, the crazy part is, is I mean, I got in my reptile business, I have 60 million followers between me and my my uh, the, the reptile zoo. And now we have a TV show. And so I've, I've lived a very, uh, we'll call, we'll just call me a lucky fisherman for all the fishermen out there. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> but don't kid yourself. I put a lot of effort in to learn, learn everything I've ever done. You know, it's like fishing. Life is like fishing. You know, you caught, you can't just sit there and, and dead stick the rod and expect to do catch everything. Right. Cause that might work on one kind of fish, but there's a lot of things in life. And I just have always been a go-getter. I want to learn what's going on. I want to pay attention to my surroundings. I want to be alert on what, you know, you, you know, the old saying, you can smell the fish where you kind of, life is full of little clues about life. And I've done really well. I've been really lucky. And, and fishing was one of the things that, that I started on first. And I did that for about 10 years as a commercial fisherman. And it's, it was quite an amazing adventure to say the least. And I only left commercial fishing because when I got married, I didn't want my kids raised around a bunch of fishermen. No offense to no offense to, offense to my commercial fishermen friends, but that where it was down in Newport beach and it was just a rough crowd. And I just thought, wow, I rather, I rather pass on this part. I don't want my kids to have to go through that learning curve. Oh, I understand. It's a rough, it's a rough place to grow up. That's where, you know, and you and I know that for a fact, because that's where we grew up. It's, you go, hey, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is a good I, idea I for my kids. I did a sport boat stuff when I was maybe like 13, 14, but I got out of that to do my own commercial stuff. And uh, I used to go out with the Doryman when I was 13 to catch the big blue sharks that would come up to bite their lines off. Okay. And, uh, so that's how I got my first step in the door. Talk about and, the dory. Talk about that dory on. fleet down there. Did we lose you? Another fisherman at Fort. I think we lost you, Jay. I can't hear you, buddy. A, a small fleet of boats. Ah. Are you? Are you there? You're back. Okay. You're back. It's weird. Yeah. So the dory fleet is was founded in 1891, and it we literally when I started. It was it was still roll boats down on 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 you know basically logs, and you'd put the motor on in the morning and you take off and you take your boat out and about the time I started up, that's actually Doug Gray's boat, one of the one of my fellow fishermen that is no longer a fisherman either, but I don't even know if he's alive to be honest. He's, he's pretty old now, uh, but yeah, so that's that's later uh, where we started trailing our boats and. Uh, we got bigger motors. We didn't have to take them off, but we, it all started as literally rowing through the surf. So you'd row through the surf and start your motor when you got in deeper water. It was quite an adventure to say the least. What a way to grow up though. How cool. And then you built your own boat. I did. I actually, I actually built my own boat. And uh, by the time I was 16, incredibly enough, I'll see if I got this right here. I was in a, uh, I was in national geographics for, for dory fishing. You can see there, it's a full page picture, which is kind of crazy because Jacques Cousteau got a little thumbnail. <laughs> but uh, the, the funny story is I talk about being a lucky fisherman, right? Well, the, I got paid to take them out to 
to uh, I got paid to take out National Geographic to take the photos. So I was never supposed to be the subject matter. Everybody else was, you know, nobody else was paid. And then the guy said, hey, I like you. You mind if I come down and go fishing with you one day? And heck, I'll take a few pictures because my job is to go find interesting things and people and take photos. And I send 20,000 photos off and they, they pick out the four or five we're going to use. And then I got to know who they are. And I go, ah, sure, let's go. So when I came in, he took that photo and Lo and behold, out of 20-some thousand photos, they picked that photo, and uh, I became I became the guy that the rest of the Dorymen didn't like for a little bit because they all posed and worked, and I got paid and ended up with the, with the spread, <laughs> with the centerfold. So kind of like uh, fame is not always fun. <laughs> that was my first lesson. Uh, even, even my first week of fishing, one of the other fishermen – I'm not at liberty to say his name because he's still around. He he made fun of me because I was only 15 years old, and he called me part of a, a Uncle Louie's diaper brigade. And uh, <laughs> less than a month later, he was following me to my spots because I was breaking all the records that had ever been seen on catching these. Uh, basically, back then it was chili peppers, bocacis, and uh, yellow yellow group. Uh, uh, Doughbellies, we'd call them, yellow grouper. And uh, they they just, nobody could understand how this kid, 15-year-old kid, just, it was a place called the Dago Bank. And back then, there was limited electronics, to, you know. And so they just told me, an old guy told me where it was about. And so I just literally took and ran a time and ran a course and then took a weight and a line and checked the depth. <laughs> no way and found the dago bank they called it the dago bank because of course italians right and right. i was italian and uh that thing was loaded with 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 uh chilies and yellow groupers and and Picacci's and it was just insane even even once in a while i'd get on the edge of it one side or the other and i'd get those warthogs i don't know if not many people get to see those Oh yeah, the brown yeah. brown spotted rockfish. There, that's when you're on. You, you don't get those except when you're on the spot. Yeah. Those aren't like, you know, that the picture in National Geographic's. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was fishing. I was fishing less about a mile off of uh, Balboa. Most people don't know, but there's huge cow cod right in front of Balboa Pier. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of wild. Well, that's what that would that picture you held up in National Geographic. Those were cow cod, weren't they? Yeah, that's what no, they looked no, like no, to that me. That wasn't from that spot. That was from the fourteen mile bank. Okay. But yes, but I the, the the cow cod one time when I so when I was I was in high school and I because I was orphaned, I had no mom, no dad, and I was living with a guy named Uncle Louie. And the funny part of the story is, when I got sixteen years old, my counselor would always ask me you know like oh what are you doing this weekend i'd say oh well last week i made a thousand dollars and she thought i was lying right so she oh last week i made a thousand dollars next time she'd ask me oh i lost 500 bucks you know and that was like you gotta understand that's like saying i made 10 grand this weekend you know the, the, a 16 year old kid right you know and so one week before uh christmas vacation she says to me uh, what are you doing over christmas vacation I said, my goal is to bank 10K. And she thought, I'm done with you. I'm going to call you out. So she <laughs> says, what do you think about me coming down and visiting you down at the 
at the uh, at your work and i go oh great i'm gonna be working every single day and so and then she looked at me like what and of all the days in the world she showed up on christmas day i was fishing balboa because i remember because i had like 15 huge cow cod i mean one of them was like 26 pounds i mean Jeez. Big, big huge cow cod you know the big spine beautiful 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 fish and uh she pulls up and one of the fish actually was 32 pounds. It was, it was $68. So it was 34 pounder, big one. And, oh, was, wow. and, and the lady, and she walked up and she goes, this yours. And we had, I was the only fisherman that went out that day and there was a line of people and there was a pile. I must have had 500 pounds of rockfish. And uh, she goes, this is your fish. And I go, yeah, this is my business. And the fish hit the scale right then. And no she he looked up and said, $68 to the customer. And she looked at me and she just at <laughs> all. You know what I mean? And she goes, oh, my oh, God, yeah. I let you do your work. Come into school. The minute you get back, when I came in, she pulled me in a room. She told, she says, the minute you get back to school, I want you to come straight to my office. So I go to her office. She pulls me in the room, shuts the door, and tells me, what I'm going to tell you, you better not tell anybody. I'll tell them you're a little liar. And I thought, <laughs> what? You know? I'm actually writing a book. This is in it. And she be be begins to tell me, you need to drop out of school immediately. You're wasting your time. I mean, I had, I have, I don't even, I'm so bad at school. I don't even remember the alphabetic of things that are wrong with me. H-E-A, you know, the whole, I can't remember things. I don't talk straight, but my mind's complex in different ways. We're all made different. And uh, so she basically helped me hack my way out of school because I had no mom, no dad, nobody to sign legal paperwork. Paperwork. And it took me a few years to figure it out, but she basically signed me into night school. She got me to sign a, have Uncle Louie sign a paper that said I was going to sign into night school. Then she took the night school paper, signed me out of school, and then threw away the paperwork. And so I never got harassed by anybody, and off I was at 16 years old running my own company. Oh, my gosh. How wonderful. What, what a great woman. You oh, she, you know what? Today she'd be in prison. <laughs> and, she, and the truth of the matter is she's a pure smart lady that saw that i had the ambition i had the desire and i had no other way i was gonna make money because <laughs> i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna deal with reading and writing and arithmetic i'll tell you that so <clears throat> well she saw something special in you like everybody else does i mean you're very you're a very special person i love watching all your videos and and how you interact with all the people on the videos is just spectacular. And I, I'm a real people person coming from a background without having a mom or a dad or, you know, basically, you know, I mean, I just had no family, right. Cause I was orphaned and uh, that put me in a unique situation where I looked at people different. I mean, I looked at people like, Hey, these are my connections. These are my family. This is my family. And I, it's kind of sad. We don't all look at life a little bit more like that because you know, I don't think we realize the power there is in connection with people. And that's, that's really what my book will be about a little bit because I've been really blessed. There's no other way to put it, to be around some of the people I've been around. I've been able to go to places that, you know, I behind me is a sign living the dream because how can an orphan even dream of some of the stuff I've done? I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to take credit for it. I mean, you just can't, you can't make stuff like that up. I mean, I've been tons of movie stars. I've had princes and, Kings come to my place. I've, I've been all over the world. I fished in 
I fish in crazy places. I mean, I've just been able to do so many cool things in my life. And, and, uh, I just, I love it. I mean, and fishing is definitely the basis of the whole thing. And that's where I started. And it's, I still love fishing. Sometimes people are like, Oh, what about the poor fish? And I'm like, I got to eat. They got to eat. You know, we all, we're all in a, it's just part of the, the food chain. That's what they're here for. They're here for us to eat. That's why they put them on the planet. That's what I tell everybody. Gang, we have a phenomenal amount, a giant audience right now. I just want to let you know, this is uh, your Saltwater Guide, the podcast. We do this live Monday through Friday, every day, Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And the really cool thing is we bring in a lot of different guests. We have a lot of people that come in. A lot of people follow us and they... They constantly are watching. And I was very blessed, Jay, to find out that you were following me when my producer said, hey, Jay's following you and I'm all. I don't kidding. follow many fishing people, but I follow a few. And uh, you stuck out like, just as much as I stuck out to you, I'm sure. And uh, I like your attitude. I like that, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know what you're doing enough to not, you don't let the buzzing bugs around your ears slow you down, you know. And sometimes people don't understand that. You know what I mean? Uh, you can either, you can let the haters either pull you down or you can make them motivate you. And I just prefer to be motivated by it. And, uh, you know, it's not that they're, it's just, they don't, it's just, they're bored. And so sometimes I get a few rocks thrown at me and I just realize that they just don't have something exciting in their own life and they don't have their own dream. So they're just unfortunately busy being busy bees, not doing what they should be doing is making something a big change in their, you know, around them and, and being something for somebody else. And I find that I find a lot of a lot of my joy comes from helping other people, being involved with other things, those connections in real life. I, you know, if I was just told tomorrow I could go fishing and catch a giant tuna and but there was two rules. you got to let it go and you can't take a picture and you can't take a friend, honestly, I probably would just pass. Because it's the memory of fishing. It's the people you're with the fishing. It's the sitting down and eating it with fishing. All those things combined is what makes fishing really fishing. Some people don't even know why. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like you and I both know, it isn't even about fishing. It's about the whole experience, being out there on the water and being in touch with nature and just the feeling of that clean air and the whole thing. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, you, it's not like golf or something. You can't eat the golf ball. At the end of the day, you get to go home and eat your fish. How bad that is. But, but you know, golf, I mean, I'm not, I mean, you know, back to, you know, you say golf, but you know what? You can't catch a marlin on a trout lure. And so some people are just meant to golf, sit down with each other, hang out with each other and golf. And so, I get, I get, I get that connection too. Even though me, I'm not a golfer. I, you know, it's not my thing. I'm not really big on. That's just not my thing. You know, what I mean, I'd rather go out in a boat and not catch a fish and go see the ocean and run by an island and look at the animals in the island and watch the dolphin and watch the birds feed and you know, what I mean, it's just and meanwhile hanging out with somebody talking without cell phones and talking about real life and what's going on and. And so there's so much more to life than people will, you know, even, even watching this is hopefully people are learning, even though they're on a cell phone and the cell phone can take a lot of our time up. Take, it eats more of my time than I should ever allow it to, but it might as well learn if you're here, right? 
Absolutely. Another thing that I think is so cool what you do, the way you give back to kids, because I'm a kid guy. My father, Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, they do the kids club. My sister's super into giving back to kids. You and, and I I'd talked like to about get involved with any of that. I could be because I don't I'm not involved enough as far as I'm concerned. That's right. We, we can't give back to the children enough. You know, from your background of how you grew up, how important it is to have someone like you or not, not me, but like you or my sister or my father, that kids can come and they can expect that you're going to take your time to talk to them and teach them about the animals at your, because basically your store is a zoo. Let's be honest. And we're going to go back to fishing in a minute. We're just going to delve into your, your beautiful zoo, which my children grew up in your zoo, Jay, you are. Yeah. You know, we, so, you know, if you say zoo people, it is a zoo, but it isn't your big giant zoo, but the cool part about it is somehow my little tiny zoo has become a giant zoo online and the people that come leave with a great experience because it's it's more of a one-on-one -on -one real life, you know. Unfortunately, zoos are so big they become like a textbook, right? You walk up to a piece of glass, you can't even smell the animal, which I'm not saying you want to, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, you, you you know you're you're still looking at that screen time and you're not interacting. And so sometimes I get a lot of heat because I have, I put animals in people's hands and snakes in people's hands, but I just think there's something special, you know, just like eating a fish is great, but catching a fish and eating a fish is even better. You know, sometimes when people come over for dinner and they realize you went out and caught this, wow, you cooked it and wow, it's good. It's like, even though they didn't go fishing, they had more of experience just talking about it. You know what I mean? And so, same thing with animals, same thing with anything we do. It's when we get out, interact in real life, there's nothing like it. And when you come to your zoo or your, I don't, I call it a zoo. That's what my yeah, kids and I, zoo. okay, that's yeah. what my kids and I called it. And they yeah. would wake up in the morning and ask if we could go to prehistoric pets. And I haven't so been back there. Then, it was only a pet store. And now we have like special permits. We have big giant alligators, snapping turtles, rattlesnakes, cobras, you know, because I wanted to expand the education part. So I, so I switched it all into education. That was my, that was my move in the, in the early two thousands that I, you know, was like, okay, I'm going to flip my business model upside down. And it was a great move. Thank God I made that move because I wouldn't have survived. I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of those days that, you know, we were almost out of gas. You haven't caught a fish. And the last minute, boom, we were talking before the podcast about how one paying attention to one little detail, taking you from the worst day of fishing, the best day of fishing. And your exact words were fast. <laughs> fast. Exactly. <laughs> so when, when people come to your, your reptile zoo, now, can they still feed the animals like we used to do when my kids yeah, were little? So, we have, so we, we've always kept feeding tortoises and turtles because it's, you know, back to that interaction, there's just nothing like it. The, close, the closer you can get to animals, you know what? You, you just like people, right? I mean, if you go out to eat with a person, you're closer to them, right? If you go, if you go feed a tortoise, you, you feel connected. You feel like, hey, next time you see some thing online that you might need to help somebody that got a sick tortoise or help a country or, you know, all of a sudden you start thinking about that thing differently. Like, Hey, that thing needs to be, those need to be left alone in the wild. I mean, we need to, you know, it's like fishing. If we don't manage our fishing, we won't have any. Right. I right. mean, we can't let, we can't let 
some huge commercial. I'm a commercial fisherman, but you, and I still believe in commercial fishing, but you got to still pay attention to details, just like when you're fishing. You know, what right. I mean? you, you, if, if it's trending down, you got to back off. You know, if it's if it's staying solid, they need to back off on the fishermen, let them do their thing. You know what I mean? So it's oh, catch yeah. 22, right? balance. That's right. It's it's so important that like we were talking before we went live, everything matters. Everything matters. Everything you're doing, everything I'm doing, everything you do on the water, everything you do in the reptile zoo, everything matters. And you take it to the the next level as far as educating all the children and everybody. I think that's why everyone digs your show so much and digs all the things that you do. And uh, it's because you can see when you're talking, you can see the passion in Jay. You, the passion comes out. So I, don't do, you know, I always tell people, I don't do everything perfect, but I try. <laughs> you, you, you might be able to throw rocks at me and they may, some of them may stick for some of my mistakes or things, just life. You know what I mean? I always tell people, hey, if you go to the hospital, there's plenty of people down there in the bottom of the hospital that we won't talk about that. It didn't work out so well, but you got to count how the good to the bad. And if you're doing mostly good, you're going the right direction. And I think we, you know, I started out as a perfectionist and that was one of the things I had to learn is that perfection is just not real, you know? Oh yeah. You were- we talked about tuna fishing before and you said, well, a lot of people aren't willing to put the work in, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I get it. I told you, yeah, one of them, I want to go do a, I want to go get the lifetime fish in three days. That's like maxing it out for me. You know what I mean? And if I can't, I'm going to have to do it next year. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and that's just real the way quick. So we have to learn. Real quick. I got to stop us for one second. I got to just pay a bill real quick. Gang, I told you I was going to show you a lure that is absolutely devastating. It's just an absolute phenomenal lure. This is the Carnata slow pitched jig bite. Fish Lab, who's Fish Lab's owned by Akuma. But if you look at this lure, gang, this is like the red crab, the pelagic red crabs that have been so predominant in Southern California for so long. These bluefin that we have out here have grown up eating the pelagic red crab. So when you go out there and use this Carnata slow pitch jig, it matches the hatch. And that's the key is matching the hatch. And like you and I said before, Jay, when we were talking you got to break the code. Yesterday, they may have been eating mackerel. The day before, they may have been eating flying fish. But you know what they're always eating? Always red crabs. That's what they're eating. That's that biomass of food down there, two, 300 feet. You drop this slow pitch carnata jig down there to where those fish are, two, 300 feet under the boat, you're going to get bit. And these things come already in the package, already rigged. These things are ready to go. Pretty amazing lure. I always thought I'd done good. I thought I've always done good with reptiles because I understood fish. Right. And you know, it's funny is you can, you can train a fish and you can train a reptile, but it's a lot easier if you figure out what they do and what they want. And then you work from there. Exactly. <laughs> then you get a bite. You didn't get a, right. I mean, that's fishing, isn't it? So the more instinctual things that you can connect to, the easier it is to fish. So there's your, there's everybody watching first fish hack. So, <laughs> Pay attention to where you're at. Pay attention to what's going on and try to figure out what they want, not what you want to do. <laughs> but that's what you and I were talking about before. I mean, we already know how we want to do it, but hey, that fish probably is not in the game. He didn't wake up on our side of the bed this morning. 
I bought a couple looters in my life that I bought for me and fat figured out later they were only for me. <laughs> exactly. So don't miss out on this thing. I threw the QR code up there on the screen. Grab that and let's get back to me and Jay having fun talking about. Jay, there's something that I would want to bring back. We're talking about reptile. We're talking about your zoo, but now let's go back to fishing for a minute. There is a really, really cool picture that I have here. And I want you to tell everybody about this picture. I'm going to bring it up just a sec. This is a, I don't even know what it is. This is a special day oh, for our friend. So, there, so most people don't realize that fishermen from the past have figured out how to make these hacks to make things realistic. So, so this is a perfect, for instance, right there. So I'm standing next to my, that's actually not my swordfish. That's actually a, a Bill's son swordfish. So that was, I don't remember the exact day of the month. I, we, I just actually talked to Bill, but my, he called and said, hey, I need somebody to go with me to get my son his first swordfish. And my wife, either that week was something, either I had the week set aside for her, and she looked at me like, you're going to do what? Go where? And I go, but hold on. We're going to go. It's for, it's for his son. He needs help. Let this one pass. I'll make it up to you. She goes, okay. So we went out. One try with his son, we caught a swordfish. Yeah. That being said, that's because he put a lot of work in. A lot of people put work in to find about the whole idea of, of basically fishing deep water and during the day, pulling a bait in a thousand feet of water through through the different current zones to even catch them. Before then, we had to catch them by on the surface, and it was brutal. You could bait twenty of them if you're lucky. You'd get one to bite. And if you're lucky, that thing wouldn't break you because sometimes they'd fight for 20 hours. And, uh, I mean, just incredible. So a few days after that, he took me out, and I got my first swordfish. It actually was cool. I ended up with a cover of his magazine. So most of you don't know, don't know who he is by name, Bill Caprice, but he actually has uh, – here, here we go. This is a different one. But uh, there, I went fishing with the one there. And it, it helps to go fishing with the guy who makes the magazine and catch it. And as long as you catch a big fish, it gives you a little bit of an advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was actually on two covers, but don't get me wrong. We caught the right fish to be on the cover. We had to earn, I had to earn it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, it's a great magazine. He shares what we, we, our passion came from obviously Pacific, the Pacific coast, right? I mean, we're West coast fishermen and, uh, that's what the magazine is built around. And so we have a good time. We ha I have a great time fishing with him. He's a great fisherman. And uh, you you know him probably better than I do, even though I know him pretty good. Yeah, Bill's <laughs> a wonderful human. And that was a spectacular day, the day you went with him and his son, Cole, just to be uh, there. Unbelievable. Because a swordfish, you know, is a fish of a lifetime. It's bucket list. Most of us never even get a chance to pull on one, let alone catch one. That's why I had to give the credit to where it's due. It's all the people finding the way to bluefin. We catch them on the regular now. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're way more here than they've been in the last 100 years, 80 years. But even now, I've been out plenty of times before and, and seen 80 to 100 pounders rolling and nobody can get them to bite. And we've learned from stealing a little bit from the East Coast styles and different types of hacks and enough people fishing that now we get them to bite 
even when they even when they don't want to bite you know what i mean because we figured out what they want it exactly. isn't a you know and so as a as a, you know sometimes the newer fishermen just don't give the older fishermen the credit that they deserve because there wouldn't even be the the ability to catch them without the some of the older guys that showed us hacks and it's fun when i go fishing i'm old enough now to be one of those older guys sometimes i'll get on a boat with the younger guy that thinks he knows everything and i'll have a bucket of junk and he'll be like you don't need that and i go we'll see and then then the next thing you know i'm fishing something out of the bucket that he said would never work and and then he's crying because I only have two and I lost one because the tuna bit it off and I'm fishing the last one. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what the heck? Now when I carry my bucket on, I don't hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they're all kind of <laughs> setting back looking. How do I get in that bucket? How do I get in there and see what he's got going on in that bucket? So yeah, you know how it is. I'm sure you have things that you can't even find no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're just like so sad when you think about it. You go, man, they were eating that thing all day. And then you did that one cast and they ate it off your line. Well, look at the blue, look at the bluefin. Flyers one year. Spreader bars the next year. You know, what do you call Mad, Mad Max. Max another year. Back to poppers from the first year. I mean, it's all over the place. And, and you know, and sometimes, sometimes they'll all work. But there's days those fish are so locked in on something that if you don't have it down absolutely perfect what they want that day, you're going home without anything. Because you weren't willing to roll with the changes to get to what That's works. it. You gotta, there's, there's, you've got to be flexible. I mean, in fishing, that's one thing. I think in life, I, I still think life has a lot to do with fishing because – I think there's a lot of opportunities around us that we overlook because we're not paying attention to details. And, uh, and so I, I really compare life to fishing. And I think that's why I've done fair in life because I've always felt like, you know, Hey, life is life has a lot of opportunities. You got to pay attention to some details. A lot of people think fishing is just, you know, I don't like fishing cause it's boring. I'm like, when do you have time to be bored? Cause you got, you know, I, 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 you're, you're trying to figure out the fish, so there's no boring. There's no boring time. If there's boring time, it's that you haven't engaged the whole hunt of catching them, finding them, looking for them. And that's one thing I've liked about having my own boat my whole life is I really like the hunting the fish as much. I like taking people out and them catching fish. And I've had people more than once go, "I feel bad you didn't catch a fish," and I go, "Huh? I caught every one of those fish." And they go, "What do you mean?" And I go, "You think you'd have caught those fish?" Uh, I remember one time a person told me that, and there was like every sport boat on the coast out, and we got to the 209 just at the right moment. I boom, we got like five yellowfin, and there was like 12 yellowfin caught on the coast. And I said, on sport boats, and I said, buddy, you don't even know, you don't even know that fish counts as mine more than you even could have fantasized. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, we got to touch on to back onto the uh, zoo a little bit because there's uh, so many people. We, we have our fishing audience, but we have so many people that are just throwing up so much cool stuff, talking so highly about you and all the cool things you do at your store, showing everybody all the different animals. I mean, oh, don't tell them about the don't tell them about the paid advertisers. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nobody's paid. I don't even know who's out there. <laughs> I appreciate everybody that is out there, even if even if I'm not your favorite. <laughs> but how did you from go from the fishing thing? How did you get into this reptile and being the guy? You are the guy. So in real life, 
when I was a poor little kid, because I was orphaned, but there was more to that orphan story. We were dirt poor. Dirt poor kids don't have, you know, trains and planes and bicycles to play with and all the fun little gadgets. So, you know, all of a sudden, when you go back, when I was a kid, I'm 59 now. I can't even believe it. There was a lot of fields, and those fields had boards in them, lizards in them, frogs in them, snakes in them. I'd go out. Maybe one of the reasons why I didn't do good in schools because I'd go out in an irrigation ditch and I would come out of there at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, eight o'clock in the morning was not a time to get up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they told me, I was in all the special edge classes. I, you know, I was told I could never make it. And the only thing that that did do for me, luckily, is it went in one ear and out the other with a little bit of left, a little bit of attitude thinking, who the hell they think they are? <laughs> They're not, they, they, don't, they didn't make this place. So I'm not going to listen. And I, uh, luckily that worked for me. Some people let people get in their mind and tell them they can't do something. And the only part about somebody telling you can't do it, that's true is that they can't do it. And that's why they're telling you. And it, you know, I, I try to remind, remind myself, well, why can't they do it? But what, how can I do it? And that's got me a long ways. And so starting that way, I, caught, I got attached to animals, so when I started fishing, I was young, of course, like I talked about. I was 15, got out of school at 16. Well, when you're 16 years old and you got 10 grand in the bank, that's like 100K easy now. Easy. I'd say the truth of the matter is, at that point, houses were like maybe 60,000 bucks. So now they're worth, the same house are worth, you know, a lot. So the math's phenomenal, but it gave me an opportunity. All of a sudden I had nice cars and I bought really cool snakes and those really cool snakes. When I decided to shift gears, when I got married, turned me into the reptile guy. Cause I always was the reptile guy. And so I went from one passion of fishing to the other passion, kind of my first passion, catching frogs and lizards and turtles and, and enjoying them and learning about them. And, you know, it's still an adventure, right? I mean, when you get in a boat and you go fishing or if you go down to a river and you're trying to figure out where to catch those trout on which rock are they behind, it's kind of an adventure. And it's kind of like I said, back to the repeat. It's a lot like life. I mean, we there's it's just there's full of opportunities. And the more you learn that each opportunity could be something that is meant for you, which is a whole nother concept, it's it's more fun. It's no longer sitting on the bench hoping that you're going to get a bite, you know what I mean? But you're actually pursuing the bite and whatever you're pursuing is pursuing you. That's just the way I see it. So, I mean, when you cast a bait out, you're pursuing the tuna, but he's out pursuing that lure. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like life. So I just find that, so that's how I transition is literally a life decision I made when I got married at 23 years old, which yesterday was my anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, 36 years. Holy cow. <laughs> My dog, I'm expecting a grandson any moment on top of it. So I'm really excited. There's nothing better. I just got to spend a week with my granddaughter up in Tahoe. It was pretty cool. I'm looking forward to the experience because that's my first one. Oh, it's so, it, uh, there's nothing better, Jay. So how did you end up with this location in Fountain Valley? I mean, we haven't even scratched onto that yet. What happened? Yeah, so I basically... I, I lived in Newport Beach. That's how I, I mean, I literally ended up, I lived, started in Tustin. And then when my, we were real poor, we moved down to Newport and rented a room. And then my dad passed away. I ended up in Newport Beach where the Dory fleet was just living in a little apartment. 
And uh, so when I, so basically when I got into snakes, there was a little pet shop called uh, uh, Pet Country and they had dogs, cats and reptiles. I liked it. And one day I just decided when it was time for me to change my gears, I had somebody run my fishing business and I went to that guy and I said, Hey, you want to, you, you're interested in selling. You said, uh, and I, so I bought the place, made payments to him. I think I paid about 40,000 bucks back then and, and, you know, started payment plan. And then the first Gulf war happened and I was broke and almost lost my business. And, you know, it's, it's like this the whole time. And, you know, it's kind of like I say, it's like going out, and, you know, it's like fishing, man. It's just like one day you go out and the wind starts to blow and everything's wrong. The bait tank gets plugged up and your bait rolls. You just got to learn how to keep pursuing it. And, you know, you can't let a bad day slow you down. And uh, a bad day just means a good day's coming is what I always tell people. So that's kind of how I made my big transition, to be honest. But I've always loved fishing. Uh, some of my some of my animal people, I'll go to another country and, and we'll go, I went to Saudi Arabia and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you like fishing so much. And all I want to talk about is fishing, you know what I mean? Because they got reptiles, I got reptiles. But of course, if I'm doing reptiles 24-7, my other hobby is fishing. So I like talking about fishing. And so it's not hard for me to switch between the two. It's pretty easy. I guess so. Because, okay, we got a quick question here. What, somebody wants to buy a snake for a pet. What do you think? Okay, so... I always think that the beginner stuff is the beginner stuff for a reason because you need to like, you know, it's like you don't go out and try to catch a 300-pound bluefin the first day. You're going to get whipped. You're not going to know anything. You're not going to know how to hold the rod. That's uh, you, You're going to hang, you know, 10 minutes of fighting it. Your, your arms are going to be tired out. So let's talk about reptiles. Well, you don't want to go buy a reticulated python, one of my specialty snakes. They get 20 foot long. They're not for everybody. They're for very few people. They're for advanced users. You don't go try to go catch a swordfish, you know, fin and swordfish on your first day. You're going to be disappointed. Well, ball pythons, corn snakes, milk snakes, things like that are very simple to take care of. They have very low requirements, much less than a dog or a cat. They don't, less than a lizard too, because a lizard needs daily food. A snake only needs to eat once a week, once every 14 days, depending on the kind. It needs... It just needs a heat. It just needs the proper temperature and a bowl of water, and they're they're going to be fine. They don't need a big enclosure. They don't even care. They don't even like a big enclosure. You know, sometimes people get like, oh, the animals are in such small environments, and they don't understand that a snake's idea of a good time is feeling safe. What a concept, right? So if a snake crawls out and open, bird swoops down, grabs it. Well, it you know, it's just like an anchovy doesn't want to sit at the top of the water. It wants to stay down below the tuna push them up. Same same thing, right? And so these snakes, even though they get big, 20 feet long, it's still, it's still in that programming that anything besides a hiding safe place is not a good place. So I have like a 40-foot enclosure for my big snakes that I mostly built for people just to see them in big – and I have to take the snakes out of there and put them in their smaller enclosure so they can go relax and eat because they feel so much better. And people sometimes go, ah, he's just saying that. Well, why do you go home and crawl underneath the sheets in your house? And you go on vacation, and you get home, that your bedroom is the place you want to be. And you get underneath your covers. See, people don't think very far past their thought. And so I like to think that, I like to think as hard as I can about the details. And that's one of the reasons why I think I've been 
such a lucky fisherman. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I totally understand what you're saying because, you know, I have this monkey that we actually saved and we get beat up a lot by people on the internet. And I know you go through this too, and they don't have any education and you kind of break it down and let them understand. Just like you just said, they want to feel comfortable. They want to be safe. That, that monkey lives is, is behind you. Right. And there's, he comes right to you. He leaves you. He knows who you are. And guess what? What is so bad that you have a bond with that monkey? Now, if you're going to go out tomorrow and go catch 10 of them and sell them, I'm not going to be on your team as much. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like, hold on. We don't need to do right. that. You know, you, you get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, and so, but at the same time, how many monkeys need a home? How many lizards need a home? How many snakes need a home? How many animals are born in captivity in the first place? Your dog, your cat, you have a relationship with them. And animals can have a great relationship with people, even reptiles. And most people have a hard time believing that. But I have animals that I... Don't even feed. I can click my fingers and it'll come down, big giant lizard, and just want to be petted. It knows it's not going to get food. You can't fake that, right? No. no. You know what I mean? So, so you know, we're all animals to some degree. I mean, we're all, I, you know, I don't think we're here by accident. I don't think we're, I think it's very detailed, but I think we all still have a common denominator and that we all like to be with people we like having a relationship and we all seek that. And so animals, animals are more like that than people give them credit for. And I think they could be, they, even they could teach us a lot. I mean, you look at packs of dogs. I, I did a, a, show, a podcast with Caesar Milan. Okay. Oh my gosh. He is freaking, you know, you watch the show, you might think he's crazy, but I'll tell you, you, you sit down with him and talk real life. He's a genius because and he's learning from the animals. And I, I, like I said, I learned a lot. I, I have these big, giant, reticulated pythons. And everybody thought they liked 95 degrees. Because when you look on the internet, it's 95 where they come from. And I basically took me a, quite a few years to realize these stinks like it's 76. And they like to find their 90. And I told, and I, and I liked it. And, and when they breed, they like it even 74. And when I went to Indonesia, Malaysia... I told them, hey, take me wherever it's 74. They told me, no such of a thing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to call baloney on this because these snakes have never been there and they demand 74 to 76 degrees. And they said, you're never going to find it. I said, okay. So I said, I'll bring the temp gun. And we went on, we went on a big adventure, snake hunting. And I started finding places low. And they're like, wow, I didn't think there was such a place. And then I got in this valley and I went, oh my gosh, there it is, 74 degrees. And he looked at me and he said, and, and his top snake hunting guy that was had me out, he goes, I go, this is the place. And he goes, he looked at me, he goes, I'm going to tell you something that you're going to be blown away. I'm blown away. He says, how could you know this is the valley that the biggest reticulated pythons that have ever been caught in the world have been caught? And I found it with my temp gun and I learned it from my snakes. I don't speak snakes, but I, you know, I don't read books and neither do my snakes <laughs> <laughs> and neither do my fish that I go fishing for. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't read that magazine. They don't know what lure that magazine's promoting. Just like your And on that day, that lure may have been the, whoever wrote about that lure that day, that might've been the lure <laughs> that day, Everything that day. So, yeah. And so anyway, 
so you can learn a lot from animals and I think you can learn a lot from each other, but we got to first, you got to realize you don't know everything. And that's the other hack in life that I think is important because when you think you're going to go out and catch a fish a certain way, you've already shorted yourself because now you're insinuating that you're so dang smart that you got everything figured out. So how much input are you going to take in? You know what I mean? And, you know, and so going out and realizing, Hey, I got a few hacks, but I'm all ears. <laughs> I've been on a sport boat before after a big break. Then I went out on that sport boat and there was only about four guys catching fish. And I thought to myself, hold on here. I've never been out fishing on a sport boat in my life. Uh-oh, what happened here? I don't know. We can still hear you, though. We can still hear you. I don't know where the okay. audio is there. So. Ah, okay. Yep, we lost. I wonder if we can. Anyway, I don't know how to go back. We lost we Jay's video him. for a minute. Ask your buddy to come in and see what's going on with the video. Hey, can you take a peek at this, Matt? And I'll but anyway, yeah, so I watched them really close, and they're using a tiny hook and some fluorocarbon. Well, I, could, I found one piece of fluorocarbon, caught a couple fish, and then I went back, and uh, I went back. There we go. You see us nope. now? Yep. Now we got you back. Look at oh, that. There we go. The magic. So, so I found, so I found a, so I found a fluorocarbon on the deck and a little hook, and then I lost the the fluorocarbon and the hook, and then I went and grabbed my fifteen pound rod because I didn't have fluorocarbon, and and the guy in the bait tank started laughing at me, and I said, I told him, "You relax," because I'd figured it out in my head, and I had a couple small hooks, and we spent the next hour him gaffing my fish. <laughs> nice. And I caught up with the I caught up with the, the top guy in the boat <laughs> with my little bass rod and 15 pound and a little tiny tiny hook. Beautiful. But if I was but if I thought I was so cool, I would have thought I would have been able to pull up some other game, you know, how I hooked my bait, where I casted my bait, but it wasn't gonna be enough with all those other hacks. Those were just bandages, not the but not the not the hack that it took that day. So it pays to it pays to be uh Smart enough to know that you don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah, you got to be able to roll with the changes. It's always changing out there on the water. That's what I try to teach all my members is every single thing matters. And you got to be able to roll with the punches. You got to have that. You got to have that piece of floor. You got to have that hook. You got to have that lure. You got to have all the different th scenarios that are going to happen. The best thing in life is to always be prepared with whatever's going to happen. That's the key to fishing. That's the key to your business. That's the key to teaching kids about life and about that's the number one thing I think you and I have going for us is the way that we interact with the children. Like you're listening to Jay and I, and there's a lot of podcasts out there, gang, that is just straight filth coming out of the people's mouths. You're never going to hear Jay or I say any bad words because we have, I might say one or two here and there, but, but, but I promise you that's not what I meant to. That's and, not, and uh, that's not what we're doing that's here. That's just, this just not the way it is. It's just, no, we understand our audience and we understand how important the children are because Jay, let's be honest. They want to shut down fishing in California. They want to shut down people like you with a cool thing. Reptiles, kids can interact with it. The number one thing they want to do is make sure that there is no interaction with us, with our children, showing them cool things in life. I mean, it is so sad that they're after you. They're after me. They're after anybody that can show children a kinder, softer, better way to do things in life, right? I mean, 
How, how much? I don't even want to go there, but I will say that there's definitely, I do believe there's two, two pulls. You can pull this way or you can pull that way. And I like to think I'm pulling, I'm pulling against the tide and I'm okay with that. I, I don't need, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to be anybody. I just want to do what I think is right. And I, and I, I, I'm guided internally and I've always had a nice center there and I want to keep that center. And I, I just think that whew, I, I'm lucky enough to have had a few special people in my life and they were not my relatives and they were not my family, you know? And uh, so I like to think that, you know, being there for somebody that's in, I always tell people, you know, Hey, go find your dream and while you're at it, help anybody you can on your way, on the way. That's really honestly my philosophy and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm 59 years old and there ain't no way I'm changing that because it's worked really well for me. I've spent plenty of time with no money, but I've traveled the whole world. Some of the best times of my life, I had no money. I'm, you know, and so it's not about money. A lot of us are out chasing things and money. We're out chasing those shiny lures. You know what I mean? But really, we're really all we need is a, uh, what did you say earlier? A chunk of dead squid. Yeah. And you catch the biggest fish ever, right? Break records. So it ain't always about the shiny lure. It's about really grounding yourself and finding what really makes you tick. What and being there for other people. And it's amazing what life can give you. And that's just that's how I see it. So I'm with you hundred percent. I don't even like to I don't like to even talk about anybody else that thinks different than that because it's a waste of my it's a waste of my energy because I know where my energies are supposed to go towards. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, you're right. It's a waste of our energy. Our energy is so positive and we need to keep that positive energy. I want to talk about your, your place because it has such a spot in my heart because my children, they just every day they wanted to go to prehistoric pets and hang out in there and all the programs that you have going on in there. And then my children's birthday parties, three years in a row, both boys, every time they had a birthday. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Then we re-meet in the internet. I've never even sat down and talked to you. And this is our first time really talking, except a few minutes before, by the way, everybody. This isn't this is a podcast. This is real. This is just you, me, and everybody, whoever's sitting out there watching. This is just you're sitting in the group with us, and we're just part of the conversation. And so I wish I could read comments, but I really don't read very fast anyway. And you're picking up a few of them. And so you can keep asking questions. I like to tell everybody whenever we're doing a live, tell us where you're at. Cause we love to hear about where you're at, where you live. Cause it isn't just about us. We would have nothing without you guys and being able to communicate. Isn't really, sometimes people think that social media is just to like gain followers, but it's really not. It's just about, it's just about community getting together, talking about something that you're passionate about. In this case, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about fishing and reptiles and animals, right? But really, it can be in your life. And I think that's the most important thing that we all find ground in. And, and finding that common ground is the most important thing we can ever do. Oh, absolutely. But what I wanted to talk about, Jay, was, and you're like me, we're so passionate. We just want to share everything in our heart. But Gang, if you have not been down to Prehistoric Pets yet, and it's in Fountain Valley, and it's easy to find, and the parking lot is gigantic, you want to go do something that you've never done with your children yet, this is such an accessible place. 
And all the stuff that you're going to witness there are stuff that we can't even comprehend as people that live in Southern California. Pretty You've wild. I've got albino alligators, king, uh, cobras. I've got rattlesnakes. I've got, you know, big giant snapping turtles, big, huge lizards. I mean, it's, it's kind of wild. One thing for all people that are all over the United States, Canada, and Mexico, uh, you can get a little taste of it on Roku TV because uh, we're streaming. It's a, uh, it's a streaming channel, and uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's free. You can just – it's called Reptile Royalty, and that will give you a taste of it too for all you people that are outside of the – you know, like you're in Cabo. I'm in California. You know, I wish I was in Cabo once in a while more than I am. Uh, I love fishing, but I love, I love traveling and, uh, hopefully I'll cook up with you some point in Cabo, but you know, the good part with the internet, you can come here and these different platforms and you can, you can learn so much and you can meet people and, and we're having a great time and I hope you guys are having a great time and don't forget to tell us where you live. <laughs> Absolutely. They're starting to throw those comments up. We've got people from overseas. We got people from Saudi Arabia. We got so many different people. Throwing hey, up hey, Saudi. I love Saudi Arabia, Dubai, I, 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 Indonesia, Malaysia. I, I have such a great time when I get to travel. It's almost unbelievable. Africa. You know, I mean, I planning a trip to the Philippines soon. It's really cool to be all over the place, but it's amazing how many things are right around you and everything you need is probably right around you anyway. So enjoy that. And then, like I was saying before, when you go into prehistoric pets gang, you are just going to be in awe of all the things that you, your children can interact. Like Jay was saying, a big zoo, you get to look at the stuff through the glass. You don't get to at your place. And, and your employees are so involved too, that yeah, when they one rule I do have, I can tolerate, I can tolerate a few things, but I can't tolerate anybody that doesn't, isn't, you know, know how to be good to people because I just, that's a deal breaker for me. I don't get me wrong. I can have a bad day. Anybody can have a bad day, but you know, usually you get back kind of what you put in <laughs> for the most part, for the most part, 99.999 people really have a good time. And all my employees are very good about interacting, trying to answer questions, trying to learn, you know, teach. And uh, we have we have a little area that you can take a photo with a python. You can you can hold a snake. You can hold a lizard. You know, we don't. It isn't. Sometimes my internet stuff is not the same. Like you can't walk in without planning and booking a giant snake experience. So you might get lucky and walk in, and I might be in the middle of one. And after I'm done, I might say, "Okay, everybody, you can touch this 20 foot python." But it's not like a 20 foot python is going to be out laying on the ground. There isn't going to be a 250-pound alligator on the ground. And for most people, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But the other cool thing is, like we talked about 45 minutes or so ago, is the children can feed the animals there. Correct. It's just, that's what my kids wanted to do all the time. They would ask me, Dad, do we have five bucks today? And I'd be like, yep, good. So we can get those mealworms. They, they, it's so funny because when I – when I first started that, one of my visions was having this pond as a connection for all the people that didn't want to own a reptile, that didn't want to buy a reptile, that they were bringing their kids and they could have a little of experience. And I was out of money. And at the time, I was borrowing money from, I mentioned Uncle Louie. And he'd look at me and go, why are you spending so much money on that pond? And I said, this is the heart of the whole thing. And it's so funny because when I look back, boy. 
I was way smarter than I thought I was. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, I just, that pond became like the, the consensus of the future for me. And now I've got uh, two, what I got two ponds and now I'm building, I've technically got three, three, four pretty big areas with water. And now I'm adding a couple more, but it's like that kind of concept is becoming more and more important. In so, that water, I remember, I don't know the name of the fish, big silver fish. Paku. Paku, yes. We got to feed those. I remember, and you had those big tweezers. You could hold the worm. This is 30 for, for years ago. Part, for a fun part about the Paku, of course, they come from South America. So anybody from South America, you can say, we got those, we got those. But also, they've taken over in Florida, and some of those people catch them in their lakes, and they get big. And they fight hard. <laughs> well, the ones you like had. Giant piranha. Yeah, that's what, that's what but I they used crack, to But they crack nuts. They crack nuts, so they have this jaw that's, like, powerful, but it's more of a primitive tooth than a piranha. But they're amazing fish, and, and uh, a lot of fishermen out there, anybody that's ever caught one on a fishing pole should tell us how hard they fight, because I know they fight hard. So do you still have those in your pond there? We do. Okay. We, we got big catfish, big red tail catfish. Yeah, the red tail I'm catfish. Actually, I'm actually intent on building. If anybody watched the TV show, we just talked about, oh, by the way, pretty sure that we've got season two coming. So we'll know in a week. Uh, but right now there's six episodes up there. You have a fun time, Reptile Royalty. But uh, the uh, pretty sure we're going to build a big, huge, giant fish tank. I love fish. I really I love fish. I love reptiles. I love animals. I love people. And so anytime I can get as much of that in one place for me, it's my happy place because I like the idea that everybody comes together for that. So one of my most exciting things is that when a family comes in, there could be, there could be a grandkid, a great grandkid, grandma, grandpa, great grandpa, great grandma. And I'll ask, and I never know it's going to be the answer. I say, oh, who found us? And I can't tell you how many times the littlest kid or the great grandparent found us. And I, and I, at the end of the day, I brought them all to one place and they're all having a good time. I think that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think that's, that's just like, that's like flipping that bait out there and getting bit on demand. <laughs> you know, you're keyed in. <laughs> Well, both of my boys are watching right now, Jay, because you were a very big part of both of their lives, even though you didn't know that as they grew up. They idolized you. They wanted to have they were they wanted to have the the reptile room in our house, you know. But I was a fisherman, like I said, if we had five extra dollars, we were going to buy some mealworms and feed the fish and feed <laughs> the turtles at your place because that's all my kids wanted to do. And it was way better for me anyway. I, I don't know what's good for other people, but for me to take my boys and go to your prehistoric pets, that was like an interactive zoo. There was no reason to go to yeah, the now it's actually So 15 years ago, 16 years ago, we changed it. We changed three, 80% of it to a place called the reptile zoo. And so now it's called the reptile zoo. If you're on Google maps or Google and basically my page is J prehistoric pets. But I, my daughter runs the page of the Reptile Zoo. And, uh, but we do, you know, we've expanded that. We've kind of ran out of space, to be honest. It's going to take one more place if we want to expand it again. But uh, 
we like expanding when we can afford to, but it hasn't always been easy. But things are okay right now financially, and it's wonderful to not have that be on the agenda board. And I get to do a little bit more stuff like this than go try to chase money because it's a lot of work chasing money sometimes. All the time. Dreams cost money, and so does fishing trips. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Gang, something you all need to understand, too, is if you enjoy this podcast and if you're having a good time listening to Jay and I, you can always throw a gift up on YouTube. That's a, a thing that I learned a couple weeks ago on the podcast when I was doing it. People started sending us, Josh, you sent me a tip yesterday. Uh, Jeanette sent me a tip on Thursday when my wife... Thursdays are a really special show costs, with me. It costs money to do everything. People don't know how much work there is in this. It takes a lot of time a lot of effort and i'd love to just run around you know but i mean i have real life people show up and so what he's saying is very true so supporting him will absolutely help support the whole concept of having people like me other people fishermen anything that you really like and i, I like the fact that this is a, a wider a wider array of what we're talking about we're talking about two different complete things we're talking about catching fish and animals and i love that I love that, you know, the more you're able to do more of that when you get where you have a little bit of finances to be able to sit down behind there and, and do this. And that's I'm really glad that you were able to do it and find me and, and invite me because I enjoy I really enjoy this because I feel like I'm I'm getting to do more of what I like to do. And this is what I like to do. Yeah, I was I was very, very happy when you sent me your phone number. You don't understand. Both my boys are watching right now. My beautiful wife's in the other room watching because well, I'm, we've talked I'm honored to be on your pod, on your podcast show. I'm I you know, so I really it's a it's it's both ways. So when I, I didn't even know who you were hundred percent. So I when I pieced it together, I was like, Ah, I like him. You know what I mean? Because sometimes <laughs> sometimes I don't even know people very much, but I've watched your stuff and like I've like I said, I've always got a kick out of of watching you, you know, and I, and I've seen you do a lot of hooking baits and how to hook baits and how to, you know, Hey, don't do, don't, don't grab that bait. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and there's so much to the details. So when he tells you guys, all you fishermen out there that it, it's really honestly a bunch of little choices that make you the top dog fishing. And, and it's, and it's also by not letting pride get in the way, just because you have a few good fishing trips where you get you get keyed in a certain way, because those fish are not going to key into you, I promise. And so you got to stay flexible. And you know what? Sometimes when you tell your buddy some of the ways that work, all of a sudden they start telling you some of the ways that work for them. And next time you're out, you'll need what you learn, and they'll need what you vice versa. So I'm not big on keeping secrets about fishing. I uh, sometimes I have to tell my friends. Uh, better not tell me if you don't, because my friends call me and ask, I'm not that guy, you know, except on spots. If they take me to their spot, it's their spot. I don't, that's, I draw the line there, but not right. how to catch them. Yeah. You don't want to give up your buddy's spots because then he won't take you next time. One thing I want to let, because because of you being on the show, Jay, we have a whole giant new audience and I thank you so much for that. But gang, just so you understand how this works. My podcast goes live Monday through Friday. I'm the only live podcast in America five days a week. There's none of this is edited. Jay and I didn't put this together in a studio somewhere. We, we're didn't, in, we didn't even talk for 15 minutes beforehand. Absolutely. And there hasn't been any downtime. But on Thursdays is a special show. We bring in my wife and she sits down and she talks to you all about 
taking your spouse, taking your wife, taking your girlfriend fishing so you don't blow it. So when you do go fishing with your wife, she actually enjoys herself. Thursdays are a special show. My beautiful wife, Kelly, is with us every Thursday. A lot of people are totally into Thursdays because of Kelly. That's awesome. And then we bring in special guests throughout the week, Mondays, I think Wednesdays. I think mine might run off a few fish, a few fishermen's wives. <laughs> <laughs> Although she still tells me I'm married to fishermen. <laughs> and she's proud of that. But it's funny because I told you a little story about going out fishing and I Told her, oh, we'll be in by 9 a.m., no problem. And then three hours and 40 minutes into a fight on a fish, she's like, yeah, this is how it always works with you. <laughs> but that being said, I had my kids with me, and we'll always remember that together. And even her, she laughs about it to this day, you know, hours and hours of pulling, battling that fish and having the photos and all that. So it's quite a, quite a fun thing being able to do anything with family and friends. And that's part of the, what fishing makes fishing so special and even the animals for me. Oh, absolutely. And we can see it, Jay, on all your videos. There's no, oh, Jay's not on today. Baloney, you're on. If you're, if they're filling, you're on your passion. The passion's pouring out about your snakes and your animals and then talking with Bill DePriest and your passion about fishing. It all comes out. Bill loves reptiles. You can't yeah. hide it. He's, a, he's an animal person deep down inside. He understands the whole. That's why he's a good fisherman, because I, I still think that being all over, paying attention to all the details, how to adjust is still an important part and uh, of life. Oh, yeah. I was talking to him this morning before we went live, and he they're, they're uh, butchering a bear. They got a bear last night. Him and his boys got a big old bear last night. So they're butchering that up today. They're very, very busy. They're going to try to watch the show in between. But... They got a nice bear, and I guess supposedly he said bears are good to eat. So uh, Actually, I've eaten bear. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm sure some people are out there, oh, they don't understand. But they got to understand there's a balance to everything. There's oh, got to yeah. be a balance. And and we we are part of this environment, and sometimes that balance is way out of balance when we get involved, like seals. I mean, any fisherman knows that the, the seals on the coast are – a real problem and they're such a problem that they're sick they're weak they're dying they're diseased so it's not fair to those seals and uh so things are complicated and the details are where everything's found so don't believe everything you believe in just a pop of a moment but think about the backside of it kind of like i told about talked about those snakes being in smaller enclosure sounds crazy but they love it that's they feel safe that's home and that's so sometimes you have to look beyond the beyond the shine to find the reality of life. And uh, that goes especially true on social media, because, you know, you look at some of these pages and there's fake people, fake lives and you barely dig in and you realize, wow, you know, but the good news is there's so many of the big creators that are actually really great people. And a lot of times people look and say automatically, oh, they got millions of followers. They're not real people. I find that some of those people worked harder than I did to get where they got. And very few people get anywhere there. I've yet, I've really yet to meet the person that is rich and famous that didn't, you know, work or have a very hard time getting where they got. And I think we're all so quick to make excuses for ourselves by saying, well, they had, they, if I had this, if I had that, nah, you ought to hear some of the backstories. 
just because they don't sit around and tell the backstory. There ain't no, there, there's not a lot of that easy stuff. We all made our way here. It took years of really passion to drive it. And that's, that's true even with a lot of people on social media. So don't be so quick to judge everybody. <laughs> oh, it's a grind. That's for sure. It is a full oh. speed grind, especially when you're an old guy just getting into it like me. I mean, I have five to days a week. You do anything five days a week where it takes all this technical linking this and linking that and comments and reading and paying attention and trying to get people to be on your podcast, make keep it interesting. That's a lot of work. I know it because I try to do that and run a business and be here for the people. And it's taxing sometimes. And those people that haven't followed me yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the like button down there right below your screen on this uh, YouTube channel because I put out 28 brand new videos every week. Every single week, I put out 28 brand new videos Every single week, five days a week, Monday through Friday, I do this you live podcast. a lot about fishing, but you can even learn a lot more than just fishing. So it's a great plan. Thank you very much. It's all about children for me. It's all about giving back to the kids and understanding because they're the future, Jay. If they, we don't have them involved, we're, they're going to get this from us. They, they're trying so hard because like the guy that runs the state of California, he does not like me at all because I have a suntan and he's pissed. He doesn't like me. So all they want to do is quit. A, they, they, there's such a huge push right now to stop fishing in California. Like it's just mind boggling. I'm, I just don't understand why recreational fishing is such a horrible thing in the state of California. Yeah. I, there, there's a lot of things I don't understand in on this whole planet. You know I mean? It's whatever, but we won't go there. That's right. another bad that's another podcast on a different on a different platform, but yeah, not ours. <laughs> so we're gonna stay on top of the kids. We're gonna stay on top of helping kids, helping people, and learn how to have a good time despite despite any negativity that throws it, that's thrown at you. There you go. Eat it up. Motivational negativity. That's that's what we should just we should call negativity positivity because we can look in the mirror and decide we don't like it, and we can grind right past it and do our own thing because. That, and sometimes we have to just like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you're on your path because otherwise other people be, have you on their paths and that's no fun. That is no fun at all. So how do they find your, uh, your daughter's reptiles? So the reptile zoo is, right. is on every social media platform from Instagram, TikToks, TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube. She just had a million followers on YouTube. And uh, did it in like six or seven months, amazingly Woo! enough. Yeah, nice. she did really well. Pretty soon it's going to be Jay Hoop. <laughs> and that's Juliet, <laughs> my middle daughter. And then uh, Jay Prehistoric Pets is the universal name for myself. And then uh, Reptile Royalty is the TV show. But those, okay. that's where we're at. And we love to see as many of you as possible. And tell us where, when you're ever on our, one of our platforms, tell us where you found us at. It's always fun. Just like knowing where you live. It's always fun to know that. Absolutely. And let me know, gang, when you leave a comment that you watch this show, let me know you enjoyed this and leave some stars on the Facebook. It's real simple. You leave some stars there, leave a tip over on YouTube. They all help. Everything helps to drive everything, this show. Everything costs money. I always tell everybody, you know, dreams, you got to pay for dreams. So sometimes I have to leave my dream to go figure out a way to pay for it. 
And uh, so the more that you're able to help us out, the more we're not begging for money. We're just letting you know it takes resources. And the more we have resources we have, the more we can have time to do things that we get to do. So that goes with all of you. That's why I always tell everybody when you're chasing your go find a dream, because we all do better if we've got a goal. And while you're at it, we'll even do better if you can help anybody you can on the way. And that might be, and I say if you can, because sometimes, you, you know, you don't have the resources and, and that's okay. There's not, that's not your, then you, you might just have the resources of telling somebody you can do it. And, uh, or somebody pulled over with a flat tire and you got a good strong back and you can help them get out the tire spare and help them change the tire. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It just remember to try to help people on the way. And I promise you it'll come back tenfold. That's how we live our life. It's giving back, helping everybody, anybody that needs help. We're always there for you. So, and like we're I said, ba- anything that comes up with kids, let me know. I'd love to participate. And then, uh, are you going to be at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival this year for Bill? I, I imagine uh, last year I barely made it back. I made him a promise I'd be there, and uh, so unfortunately I was in out of the country. But I don't intend, long as I'm not yanked into some foreign country thing and i'm not here otherwise i'm a hundred percent there because i'll be there for for jay brewer having a good time because <laughs> i enjoy that you know it's always fun to be around people that are like-minded that like things that you like it's always fun to talk about your favorite subject and if you like fishing it's a great place to be and it's a you can learn a lot going from table to table and you can even learn more in some of the the uh what is it, the seminar throw there are fantastic bill being a real fisherman he didn't throw he's like a real fisherman full-time fisherman in his head in his mind so he picks carefully through his speakers and makes really good people you know puts together really good talks that really can bring people to another level of fishing so hey it's kind of like being here right it's exactly. like some cool people on and learn a lot they get filled i'm sure they i'm sure to get on your show you uh, have to have some experience and, and have some uh, have had a little bit of knowledge with whatever we're gonna, you're going to talk about. Yeah, it's kind of important. I've been this. I've been a speaker at Bill's show since the very first show. It's pretty cool. He gives me my own little stage in the back, and I do a bunch of seminars for him. And a lot of our audience will be there, and they'll probably be looking for you this year because. Well, good. I love I love to meet everybody, and I appreciate being on the show and I'm sure I can come back around and we'll do it again. Yes, you can. And yes, you will. You'll be back for sure. Gang. I want to thank everybody for watching the show. Thank you so much. All of you that hit the like button and the subscribe button, all of Jay's audience that joined us today. Thank you all very, very much. And if you want to see more about my podcast, just look for us every day, 12 o'clock Pacific standard time, Monday through Friday, Make sure you go over there and you check out Okuma, check out their lures, check out the rods and reels, check everything out there. They're the ones that make the show go on Wednesdays. And I thank you very much, Akuma. Jay, I cannot thank you enough. Jay's prehistoric pet. Unbelievable show. This was so fun. Good. I, was- I, I've been really lucky. I've done about five podcasts in a row and they've all went really well. And I say podcast, I mean, it's a live streaming, you know, talking about fun stuff. And so I'm really glad that you know i feel like we connected well and i think all the people enjoyed it and uh, a lot of people showed up and we appreciate every one of them 
Absolutely. Thank you all very, very much. I'll see you all tomorrow with my wife. Kelly girl will be on the show. and We'll be going live at 12 o'clock gang. Remember you can text your, you can text your questions into the show tomorrow. 949-374-0786. Kelly girl answers all your questions. We're the only live podcast that tries to answer everybody's question. Text the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Adios.